listening to The 10 Podcast, the discovery and design channel in health. Tune in with me, your host Matt Patterson, to learn about insights from the world of healthcare today. It's really good to have Rosa Markarian on the podcast this morning. Um, she's the founder of Mask Radar, uh, co-founder of Mask Radar in Germany. And we're going to talk about her experiences in relation to getting masks for wool uh, and the general concept about how that uptake has been working in Germany. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast this morning, Rosa. It'd be great if you could just uh, introduce me to a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got involved in, in masks in the first place. Okay, wonderful. Thanks a lot for um, having me. And yeah, so how it all got started? Well, just going back three weeks to March 21st, when um, my brother and I were just talking about um, a hackathon that the German um, government um, organized to found, find different solutions to help um, fighting uh, COVID-19. Um, and we were actually a bit too late to be uh, registered. And my brother told me about um, his uh, app that was a startup that he had um, around 10 years ago. It was called Sparada, which means discount radar. And the idea was to have a community where um, shops and users can post um, discount offerings um, around them. Um, so it was a location-based uh, service to find uh, discounts. And my brother was like, because he shut down his startup actually eight years ago, he was like, hey, Rosa, um, I was actually thinking, couldn't we just use this idea and apply it to masks? I was like, hmm, sounds like a good idea. Uh, you know what? I think I have some friends and former colleagues who would be interested um, to help. And that's how it started. Uh, so I called a few um, friends, people that I really love working with. And then um, we became a core team of um, seven volunteers. And we work on this basically around the clock. Um, and apart from that, we also found uh, around 40 um, dedicated professionals who also um, volunteer in this. Among them is, for example, also the virologist of the University Hospital uh, in Düsseldorf, Germany. Sounds amazing. Sounds like something very quickly has been repurposed from using an old technology to work with this COVID-19 challenge. How has that been received? Yeah, um, so the feedback so far has been really amazing. Um, I mean, almost everyone that I reached out to to ask for help really offered help and was fully on board with um, the idea. Um, where we stand right now is that we have a kind of better version um, online. And uh, there we also already integrated some first online shops um, that offer masks. And um, also the experience from reaching out to the shop 
shops and asking them if they would like to be on our platform. Um, and our platform is non-profit, by the way. Um, that resonates very well. So um, we plan to go out with this more broadly with an updated version of our website uh, within the next days and um, also will then um, reach out to the press. So let's see how it goes. But so far, I'm uh, yeah, really happy about the positive feedback. Is it surgical masks? Is it homemade masks and cotton masks? I mean, what kind of uh, masks are we talking? What can be put on the site? Yeah, so actually we are open to any kind of masks, but we are focusing more on um, cotton or cloth masks. Um, also how uh, uh, the German Chancellor Angela Merkel called them yesterday, uh, Alltagsmaske, which means everyday masks. Yeah. So those masks, usually they don't have a medical certification, um, but that's actually fine because it's not our goal to take away um, those highly needed masks uh, from um, hospitals and so on. We are more focusing on um, cloth masks um, and yeah, all kinds of masks um, because we have received feedback um, from different uh, virologists that any mask is better than none. And how's that getting across, that message getting across to the German population? It's something we're talking about at the UK at the moment, in the UK at the moment, and I think in many ways we're a little bit behind the curve. Um, I think we have to achieve a mindset shift in Western society because we can see that in Asia or in some Asian countries, it's quite common to wear masks even when you have a cold or flu, just um, yeah, to protect um, others. Um, and this is something that is also a very new concept in Germany. So you can see it's all over the press. Um, and I think this whole topic will also get an additional boost based on the uh, information that was spread by the government um, yesterday, because uh, it's now really highly recommended. So it's not mandatory, but highly recommended to wear um, these so-called everyday masks. Um, but yeah, <laughs> when I go out to the supermarket, um, and then I always wear a mask myself, but I would estimate that maybe one in 10 people around me is wearing a mask. So there is still a long way to go. So it's really interesting that the German government has come out and given this advice to recommend to wear masks rather than be mandatory. Did they actually put any advice with it as about the how-to? Because we're coming across these conversations in the UK, how to wear masks, what to do, what not to do, when to wear, how to manage and deal with masks. Were there were any advice given in that sense? Um, yes, yeah, so there, uh, there are different German authorities who uh, offer some information about it online and uh, we th thought well we also have in our team I mean we read about masks every day but we also had a number of questions um, and that's why we are very happy that we also have as one of our supporters um, Professor Dr. Ingo Drexler, who is a virologist of the University Hospital in Germany. And uh, we did an interview with him where we asked him these really simple questions. Okay, um, when should I wear a mask? How to take it off? How to take care of my mask? And uh, the feedback on this interview so far was also very positive because it's very like 
simple and it really gives simple advice and um, yeah we we spread the word around it and uh, you are also right I mean there are many different advice and um, there is not like one single uh, source of truth and guidance so yeah let's take it step by step so I was initially brought to this when you see what's going on with, I've got some friends who are Taiwanese and they are definitely mask experts if we're mask novices. And their rituals about how they fit them into everyday lives, whether they use covers over the outside of masks and what they do with them, how, they, how often they use them, how they dispose of them. They're really expert at this. And I initially came across this work through Masks for All when we were working on PPE. Um, uh, how have you been influenced by that or connected to that, the, the overall mass for all movement, or has it been separate in Germany? Um, I can see that there are a lot of um, initiatives like masks for all or also a number of um, German initiatives like Maske zeigen, Maske auf. So there are really a lot. And um, my view on that is, I mean, there are so many people like every German citizen needs to be made aware of um, wearing masks. Every citizen, um, not only in Germany, but in the UK and every country. And um, I see how all these initiatives are collaborating. So we also started collaborating with a few. And um, I think that's the way forward to just yeah come together and spread the word together. That's why I'm also very happy that um, you and I can also co collaborate on this for Mask for UK. Our take for this at the moment is a lot of people I work with are working in the advertising world. And they see this as like a mega uh, public health campaign piece that needs to be globally set and, and rolled out across the world. And they'd say normally that on such a campaign, you might have to up to 100 people in an ad agency working on a single channel around a single message. So they think it's actually interesting that this grassroots movement has come up but they think that maybe next step is it needs to be a collaborated global uh, perspective about this so we think that that kind of campaign would then need to be made locally culturally um, available and appropriate in different countries um, but we think actually the next step is probably it needs someone with deep pockets perhaps uh, someone like a bill and melinda gates foundation type uh, to sponsor this to get a general single message understood for the world that then trickles down into something that could be applied locally? Um, it's a very interesting <laughs> question because um, so I have also spent basically my whole career in um, advertising, more specifically in digital marketing. I also worked um, in digital marketing in a pharma company. And yeah, I think overall it's. Um, easier if we like bring all the resources together and have one single message um, that can be adapted per country. So I think the uh, adaption per country is very important. And I think that would be ideal. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the more people you have to coordinate and have to get aligned on one message, the more complicated it gets. Um, so I think we should try to do it both ways because uh, we also have so many different target groups if you think about it like every citizen is basically in mm -hmm. our target group and um, they like every citizen um, uses different channels responds differently to um, messaging 
Um, you know, when I see that, for example, in Finland, um, the government is now collaborating with uh, the influencers uh, in Finland to spread the message to reach younger people in other countries well tv um big tv campaign might also work better and well it's not only about what works better i think we have to in this case really use all available um, channels and types of messaging okay. and uh and we can also sorry we can also learn from each other um because you know, in Germany, there is now um, quite a big initiative called Maske Auf. And there you have uh, German celebrities uh, taking selfies of themselves with a mask on. And, well, that's something that works here and could be also an inspiration for um, other countries. And in the same way, we can like, learn from Finland. And, uh, yeah, why shouldn't the German government also work with influencers? Why not? So I think that's really interesting. So what we've seen is like a whole patchwork of all the people that need to be reached across the world in different ways. Maybe then the campaign pushes for governments to come together and decide what is the level of mask usage. And then they can roll out the message as culturally appropriate per country. Mm -hmm. Where do you think we might be in a month's time? So because a lot's happened a month ago. <laughs> we didn't know each other. <laughs> this happened. It was just starting. What might a month time? Wow, a month, that's currently a long time. <laughs> so um, looking at mask radar, my vision um, for a month from now would be to have our website uh, live um, with um, a, gra a great variety of online shops where people can where, uh, can find masks, but also to have their live a location-based service so that people could also find um, local shops around them where they could buy masks. And maybe um, we could also get to the next stage of not only offering masks there but also disinfectants or other products that are needed right now so yeah that's kind of my vision and um, if i think about it in a month from now that would be in may um, and in germany the current plan is that in may um, more shops overall would be opened again um, to some extent also schools according to uh, yesterday's announcement um, so there will be an even higher need for masks so how do you predict that with mask radar in mind things will be when we come back online or we get back to work uh, and back out there into society um, with masks in mind um, yeah my hope would be that it would be kind of normal in society in everyday life to wear a mask when needed and to also understand when you should be wearing a mask and um, yeah I, my dream would be that in one month when I go into the supermarket I would only see people with masks around me so that would be my dream. And it sounds great in relation to mass radar. Uh, is there the potential opportunity? Maybe the mass radar of the UK is out there. Can they potentially use your code or work with mass radar or those kind of things to, to make this happen around the world? Yeah, that's a very important point. So 
Um, we are planning to put our code um, to have it as an open source code so that other countries could also have access to it and adapt it to their needs. Um, right now we don't have a full plan yet how that would um, work um, specifically because you also need to coordinate that of course but um, our goal is to yeah, have Masquerader as a blueprint or as an inspiration um, to other countries as, as well, in the same way that we also use inspiration from um, other countries. Because when we started the Masquerader development, we also found um, a few similar sites in Asia, specifically in Korea and in Malaysia. And um, that also helped us to, first of all, see that there is a need for such a service. Um, and secondly, also to learn um, in terms of what the user journey, um, what the functionalities are on those different sites. So I heard the other day that in Taiwan, they're making 10 million masks a day. And how that means, what happens if we have to make 8 billion masks around the world? How might mass production, mass mask adoption work in Germany? What are your thoughts about that? So uh, when we look at the bigger manufacturers, uh, different fashion brands. I have already been in contact with a few and some of them um, like uh, Eterna, that's a business shirt company, they have um, changed their whole production or I'm not sure if that's the whole production, but they um, are producing masks now. And when they started, they produced those masks um, specifically for the government and authorities and so on. But now they are also switching to making masks available to the general public as well. And I mean, they already have this experience and this can be used by many um, other companies as well. And it's also an important question to think about okay, um, should these masks be produced and sold or should they be produced and just be uh, like donated to everyone? And uh, that's also a big discussion. My personal view is there are a lot of um, people who started now um, suing masks at home and they donate them um, to people who don't have the money to buy masks or they also donate them to hospitals, homes for the elderly, etc. And I think that's a very good approach. But at the same time, um, I think for the people who can afford it to buy masks, it's um, also really good that there are more and more um, shops, manufacturers and so on who produce masks and sell them because it also um, yeah, it's also benefit for our economy overall. So I think, yeah, both strategies should be there in, in parallel. Mm, absolutely. Um, if I had a magic wand um, and I could do anything for Mass Radar in a month's time, uh, what would the magic, what would the magic wand deliver? What would, what would it deliver for you? Um, I would then like to have a little video message talking about masks, about mask radar, but also all other great initiatives that are out there and send it out to everyone, like every citizen. In the world? Uh, yes, I think for that we would need a bigger team <laughs> to get it all up and running. <laughs> but hey, we still have a month's time, right? <laughs> a lot of things change in a short period of time. <laughs> 
yeah, what would be uh, your dream if you had a magic wand? Uh, I, I do, I, I too see a lot of people not wearing masks or not considering masks in society. So it would be, I think, for the conversation to have been had, so people have the right information to make the decision about make about wearing masks, not for that to be. And I think in a month's time, I think it would be nice if it was not weird, if it was normal and that people mm -hmm. felt it was normal and there was no stigma and there was no problems of certain parts of society for wearing them and these things. And it just became part of the everyday. So that would be my magic. Mm -hmm. cool. Brilliant. If people want to get in touch with you, Rosa, and, and learn more about Mass Radar and find out about the work you're doing, how, how's the best way for them to do that, to follow you, to find you? Um, so, like I said, I worked in marketing and advertising and uh, therefore we have already mass creator accounts live on a number of platforms. So, first of all, there is our website www.massgrader.de. Um, then uh, we are also live on Facebook and uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. Just um, look for Mask Radar and follow our accounts there. That would be highly appreciated. Brilliant. Thank you. It's so great to get your perspective and to hear what you're doing at the moment, to see what's going on in other parts of Europe and to learn from that and to share information as well. I think it's super important. Thank you very much mm -hmm. for the podcast this morning. Thank you so much. So that was Rosa Makarian, the co-founder of Mask Radar, who's looking to get access in terms of an application so people in Germany can find out where masks are, when you need them, when you want them, and all the shops and their stocks. Um, if you'd like to come on the podcast, contact us at hello at weare10.co.uk and come and tell us about your specialist perspective, opinion and work on COVID-19 in relation to the side effects of where it is in our lives as we as everything changes. Everybody out there is having a challenge in relation to COVID-19 and our hearts and our thoughts go out to you all. Until next time on the podcast, stay safe. Thank you.